Hey, 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 this is Sarah Longacre, birth doula since 2000, owner of Bluma, and lover of a good cocktail and great conversation. I got two stools, a full bar, and loads of great people lined up to pull back the curtain with real life conversation. So let's dive deep and belly up to the bar. Yummy. Mm. Hey, 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 it's Sarah Longacre. I'm feeling a little intimidated about my um, belly up guest today. <laughs> First of all, what? It's hard to look at him because he's so good looking. Oh. Seriously. You can say that on a podcast. <laughs> you, um, I'm going to post a picture of you. Um, I bellied up with a Bloody Mary, a little beer back, and. Um, Somebody, I think that I think the reason intimidation comes to my mind is because you, Mike, do um, you do life really well. At I, least you make it look well. <laughs> I try to. Yeah. <laughs> so my belly up um, to the bar guest today is identifies as a male, identifies as gay, identifies as a New Yorker, a Minnesotan, a world traveler. Uh, a salesman, and any other titles I'm missing? <laughs> um, no, I think you got them. Yeah. I think you got those are the main ones anyway. The main ones. <laughs> yeah. A lover of a good cocktail. That that's true. That's yeah. true. Love it. A lover of sports. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, aligned interests with uh, with Sarah Longacre for sure, except for maybe on the particular teams. Yeah, like purple. I like green. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. We'll 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 see. So, I. When I think back of stories of belling up, um, I think about what makes people tick, and I think about what makes people unique. And so when I belly up with you, one thing I think about is that you took a big leap of going to the Peace Corps and the ripe age of 20. Uh, 25. Oh, wow. So you took a couple years off after college. Um, Well, I took the long route to get to that degree is basically what happened, and like a year, year and a half off during college. Okay. Um, so, no, I graduated and left. It was just a prolonged uh, undergrad experience. And why the Peace Corps? Um, you know, I just wanted, I guess, a number of reasons. I wanted to do something off the wall, right? Like just uh, I studied abroad twice. I was in um, Prague for a year and then did a summer in uh, Costa Rica. And so it was like, okay, I've done that. Now let's go bigger. And, um, you know, I also, you know, liked the idea of what the Peace Corps stands for and, you know, doing something good for developing countries. Um, and then I also thought it would just help to get into grad school. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, all right, you know, there's a number of, it was number a bucket of reasons. List. Yeah. And also, yeah. So you already said Prague. You already said Costa Rica. Um, and then where was the Peace Corps? Uh, Cameroon. Cameroon, that's right. Yeah. And when... Well, I, I, this is going to bounce around a little bit because I'm just questioning. So you leave home, you come out. Is that the proper way to say it in 2022? Uh, I think so, although I'm not the most modern, uh, up-to-date guy with those kinds of things. Yeah, I so think after we hit 40. I still call yeah. it coming out. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay. And so when in that journey did you? Uh, I was, I think, 31. Oh, I, wow. That's yeah. So after the Peace Corps, then I moved to New York for for grad school. Um, it was during that time that I started to become more comfortable with uh, with being gay, and and then 
finally came out. And kind of, it was more like yanked out of the closet, though. It wasn't a coming out of the Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Who yanked you? Um, a friend from uh, from Minnesota that yeah. had moved out to uh, to New York. Um, one of my best friends, and so did, did she. Did I'm gonna guess it's a she. Yeah. Did she have an intervention with you? Um, not an intervention, but it was. You know, we went out one night. Um, you know, and I knew when she was coming, when she was moving there, I was like, this is gonna be harder to hide. You mm. know, I had kind of been able to completely compartmentalize everything. Um, Hence, had, one reason why you probably didn't want to move back to. Your home state or? Mm, not necessarily. I think I just liked, you know, being elsewhere, you yeah. know, the excitement of, of something new. Um, and the, and like the vibration of New York City landed yes. in you and always has. Yeah. And so there, I, you know, I started to develop a community in the gay community there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was completely compartmentalized. So I had, you know, friends in grad school. I had friends from Minnesota that already lived there. Um, and so it was kind of easy to, like walk that line then um and but with my friend Cassie coming she didn't know as many people so she was going to you know I was like she's going to want to hang out more often that's harder like for the friends like uh you know Colleen who had lived there for a long time you know they already had lives going and so you know everybody's busy and you can make time for each other but then easily not see each other for a while and and if you don't live in the same new- neighborhood in New York it's, exactly. it's an intentional connection that you have to make to go to well. Right, right. So you, she pulls you out. She hangs you out. She says yep, this. Yeah, so we're out one night, and she, you know, after hanging out all night, like, she finally kind of asked me, like, okay, are you dating? Like, no. Um, okay, do you like dating? Sure. And then, do you like dating boys or girls? <laughs> and <it was> just, <laughs> just looked at her and said, um, what do you think? <laughs> and... From then, did it feel safer to talk about it to people back home? Because, like, really, really, your this is one reason why I, I look up to you is that you represent such an amazing way of having deep roots. And that's one question I wanted to ask you: like, what does the word home mean to you? Mm-hmm. Because you do well. We also just have to add in: you get to fly for free. Long story, but <laughs> yeah. you get to fly for free, so you do get to come home, and you get to you get. You were able to compartmentalize. Yeah. When you come home, how much are you going emotionally back to like, I have to hide this? Was that exhausting? It was. Um, it got there. At first it wasn't or it didn't seem like it uh, at the conscious level, right? It was yeah. like, okay, this is fine. Just what I got to do. And you kind of make a joke about it to yourself. Um, but then it gets exhausting. You get more cognizant of that. Um, so when then having that first conversation with Cassie, it wasn't then like immediately easy to talk about it. It was interesting where, you know, in high school, you're kind of so afraid of the gossip mill and all of that. At this stage, then it's like, I just want the gossip mill to spread the word for me. Mm. You know, like, I don't want to keep having this conversation over and over again. The, the stuttering, the, you know, winding through these metaphorical sentences before I can finally say, you know, I'm. And not even say gay it would be like, I'm playing for the other team, yeah. <laughs> something like that. So it was, you know, more like, okay, let everybody find out. You know, I asked Cassie the next time she went home, I was like, just let it fly. Tell everybody, you know, which, you know, I look back on and, and it would have been 
you know, more meaningful to have one-on-one conversations with my very good friends that I've grown up with, you know, for them to hear it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... So this was 2003, 2004-ish. Uh, two, yeah, like 2006, I believe. Okay. So you got to ask then yourself, at 2022, do you think a male who is between 20 and 30, who's like... I'm just going to compartmentalize this. Do you think it's easier for them? Is it more accepted now? Would you have told your mom at 20? Not that I know if you knew at 20. Right. Um, you know, that the, that was probably the, well, the second question everybody asked me. The first question was, are you seeing somebody? <laughs> uh, second question was always, do you wish you had done it sooner? Mm. And I think at that time, you know, it was interesting. It's, I think, you know, Almost 15 years later, it's easier now than it was then. But back then, it was much easier then than it was 10 years before. Ooh, yeah. ain't that the truth? Wow. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Look how far we've come, and yet look how far we've come, and yet look how far we should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so, so like, if you were in high school right now, do you think – do you, do you envy the people that it's easier for right now? Or are you – Almost, there's that interesting thing that's happening. I mean, second, third, and fourth graders are coming home yeah. saying to their parents, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I'm happy for them mm-hmm. for sure." And it's going to be interesting to see how what happens then in the future because, like you say, it's happening younger. Um, you know, I've heard of stories of you know, it's it's trendy. So, like, you know, are you doing this because? It's cool, or are you doing it because you know your deep inner soul is yeah, craving? Know this, yeah. Um, and you the know, trendy. I'm so glad you said that word first. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and it's really at my like in my age group in the in the gay community and older. There are a lot who do not like this. You know, they are mm. envious, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and like you didn't go through what we had to go through. We had to fight so hard. To yes, get, yes, especially older than me, because you know, the older you get, the harder it was, right? I mean, it just has only steadily gotten easier in the last fifteen, twenty years. And almost like sw- it swung almost to this side. Yeah, yeah. really fast. Yeah. you know. But but it's interesting you say that because I say that about entrepreneurs or doulas or other people that are like, well, can I just do it? I'm like, I pounded the pavement. Yes, yes. Back when nobody, I no remember, one, like nobody knew, I didn't know what a doula was until you told Exactly. Me. <laughs> Let alone like I had to get like beg and plead two, two to three people to come to pre- my prenatal yoga class. And now if you're a new prenatal yoga teacher, you can get that many. I'm like, no, that's not fair. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to do what I have to do. But it's, sure. it's so different. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I totally get that, but I am happy. You know what I mean? It's like this is the way it should be. And I think we just will have to figure out how to how to properly nurture younger people into understanding and making the choices for themselves. And, and of course, like no choice is ever final. You can say I'm bisexual and then decide you're not. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's just not rules around this. That's the most important thing, uh, yeah. you know, to learn. I. Maybe we'll date a woman again, but I don't think that's... I, I think if I go back, I do remember playing pool with you at some really interesting bar downtown. And I didn't know you very well. I just kind of knew of you. And I think I told you once, I was like, I want to marry you one day. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I remember that. I, 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 but I think you had a lot of 
women and men saying that. So it would have been so interesting, like, in high school, if you would have found, you know, someone like that would have felt safe. This trend, let's – if you don't mind, I'm going to use that word. I I would have loved it when I was in high school because I I don't consider myself bisexual, but I have been very sexually active with a good dozen women who I don't regret any of that. But I'm also glad it happened when I was 20 and it was very conscious decisions. Yeah. I mean, maybe under the influence a little, but, you know, <laughs> it was – I enjoyed it. I wanted to be there. It wasn't as if I was 16 and – doing it because it was, you know, trendy. Right, right. You know, so to speak. So I do. I get excited to think about people having an easier path than maybe you. Yeah. But I also look forward to seeing where this is going to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like where, you know, where it's going to land, I think, will be interesting to see. Um, And, I, you know, I do wonder, like, if I was in high school right now, would, you know, what, like, what would I be like? What would, what would my identification be? I, I really... I don't know, actually. I don't know that even in this environment at that age, I still would have been comfortable, right? Like I, I was really at that age, you know, very, um, I think I, you know, I was, I had a healthy ego. I had a great friendship uh, circle, you know, friend support and all of that. But I don't know. I was still so afraid of expression. Um, and did you know in high school? Uh yeah. 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 Any You know, I I was definitely confused about it though because, you know, I you know, I did have But and there was no role models back then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I guess I knew that there was attraction, um, but I also was attracted to girls and and you know, went through heartache around girls, not guys, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like um so so yeah, maybe then like maybe I would have been more bisexual, I guess. I you know, I don't know. I don't uh, like dwell on. Oh, what would it be like if it had been easier? You know. Again, I'm just. I'm happy that it is easier now, mm-hmm. and very grateful that I went through it when I did. You know. Kind of go back to. Do you wish you had done it sooner? I. I don't. I think it happened right at the right time. Um, you know, f- my whole twenties, I traveled. I. You know, the Peace Corps and all of that. I never had, uh, like, a girlfriend to consider when making these decisions. Um, so, you know, I, I had a blast in my 20s. I wouldn't <laughs> change a thing. And so... And also, I will say that communication when we were in our 20s is not like it is now. I mean, we didn't have iPhones. Right. We didn't FaceTime, like FaceTiming your mom. We didn't... I mean, when I went to Europe the same year you were in Prague, uh, 97, Seven. Yeah. there was no... I, I talked to my mom once in six yeah. months. And, I mean, are you kidding? People, you know, we're, we're constantly doing that. And there's pros and cons to that. Right, I, you right. Know, oh, like, absolutely. Because you can, it, you can have this other life. Yeah. Um, so before we switch a little bit more to just some other worldly topics as well, but how – tell me about where, where did your parents land in your thinking or in your – because I believe your mom identifies as a Catholic. Yeah. She loves her rosary. She tells me quite often she will pray for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they have what I consider a very successful marriage. Mm-hmm. I love their play. I love their openness. Um, and if anyone I feel like is accepting, you know, but what did that play a part in high school or in your 20s? Her Catholicism? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was definitely part of 
part of the confusion, I guess I would say. So, you know, she especially, I, I always say of her and my dad, they're kind of from the dichotomy of an Irish Catholic family. So dad grew up in Minneapolis. It's a blue collar, Democrat, you know, left-leaning family. And mom grew up in Iowa where it's more Republican. And her family was, you know, devout Catholic, you know, going to mass every day, not just not just on Sunday sort of thing. And um, they still are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we were, you know, my sister and I were raised uh, in a very liberal Catholic church, St. Joan of Arc in, in South Minneapolis. Um, so we didn't grow up in any kind of conservative environment. Mm-hmm. It was always very liberal. And my parents were always, when I was very young, you know, I was uh, obsessed with Wonder Woman, Linda <laughs> Carter. It was on syndication every Sunday at 4 o'clock on Channel 9. And if I wasn't somewhere where I could watch that, you, you better just watch out. Yeah. So, you know, and and the bionic woman. Like, I loved female superheroes, obviously. Um, and, you know, would love, you know, especially with an older sister, it would, like she'd dress me up in dresses and it would be, like, fun. And my parents just never discouraged that whatsoever, you know. So... It was always a very um, accepting and and pretty liberal environment. Uh, and then, you know, my mom became a, a flight attendant when I was in junior high. And so then she had all these gay flight attendant oh, God, friends, right? right? I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, so, you know, it was kind of like, it, you know, as I'm telling you all this right now, you're like, okay, yeah, so no problem. Um, but at the same time, very Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where I was so not sure. I would mm-hmm. kind of toil over it and be like, yeah, she'll be okay. No, she won't. And it was most of the time, no, she won't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in Because fa- she had hopes and dreams like of, of, a, of a woman walking down the aisle in white and... And, and, you know, I think just also, you know, being part of an organization that says it's a sin, you yeah. know, so... Um, so yeah, but kind of both of those. Even being married to such a liberal man. Yeah, but who's yeah. also still Catholic though? You know yeah. what I mean? Again, like we, you know, seventies, eighties, liberalism still wasn't very it, gay it, friendly. It, and of course, I asked such a silly question because in my mind, I'm like, how the hell can any? I'm like, oh, that's right. Catholics are still pretty. Yeah, and even you I mean anybody? Like again, even you know, even liberal, like even Democratic Party members in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And even 90s, you know, it wasn't like it was this hugely embracing, gay embracing culture, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was maybe like tolerated at yeah. best, I would say. Um, so, and it was interesting that when I came out to my sister, um, so. You so, know, so I, she didn't find out through Cassie? <laughs> no. I kind of went through all the friends first and I didn't tell her because I didn't want her to have to. You know, she sees my parents more often because she lives in Minneapolis as well. So I didn't want her to have to, like, hold the lie until I was ready to tell them. So I waited until it was closer to my target date of telling my parents. And How would you pick a date? Um, just, well, originally, I've, originally, it was, like, just when I was going to be home. So mm-hmm. it was uh, I was going to be home for Thanksgiving. I was going to tell my sister then. And then, and then you're going to be able to leave on Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. And then something got botched with traveling for Thanksgiving, so that got pushed back. So it was around Christmas time. Then I came home again, told my sister, and um, 
going through the whole convo and really and you know blah 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 i get to so what do you think you know how is mom going to take this because i thought you know i just need my sibling the external voice to be like dude you know it's going to be fine chill out and she goes oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the support. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh okay. Oh. And, and just she had the exact same view I did. Um, yeah. So, you know, I guess it was one validating that I wasn't just being overly dramatic in my head. And, and she and wasn't trying hard to on sugarcoat myself. it. Yes, exactly. It was like, okay, we're, we're all on the same page. <laughs> and you, ta- you, you tell her and how long do you pause then to tell your parents? Uh, it was uh, mid-February. It was oh the, wow! It was the day before Valentine's Day, so uh, in person. No, no, I was going. So I called them and I told them I'm going to come home. You know, this coming weekend. Yeah. And you know, they're like my mom and dad. They're like, oh great, you know, all excited about it. And Invite then I everybody over. Yeah. Mike's house is the party house. Yeah, exactly. We literally go there to be on the boat to have the Christmas parties to watch the games. Yeah. I mean, the, the stock. Fridge, the stock, the, like there's, yeah, yeah there's, the, you're the house we go to. Yeah, for sure. Everybody should Uber there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anybody listening, come, yeah. come by and visit. Yeah. They, they love visitors. So. Oh God, do they ever? <laughs> um, so you're coming home. Oh yeah. So as soon as I like made, you know, kind of vocalized the plan to come home, I my anxiety just went through the roof. You know, it was like, okay, you know, this is the point of no return. I'm, I'm flying home to my death. Uh, you know, just I mean, not quite that dramatic, it but feels it just that way. yeah, it was it was just like you know, just agonizing, like the that Friday approaching, you know. Um, so it was, I believe, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, that I was like, oh, I can't do this, like I can't in person. Yeah, I can't wait any longer. Basically, not like that I was dying to tell them, but like Friday is just forever away and like and the idea of like sitting on an airplane for three hours like I love flying obviously but all of a sudden it was like I am not sitting in this you know aluminum tube for three hours with my anxiety at like like this right now right there are not enough bloody marys in the world to hell no to, I was to like solve for this how many problem. pills were you popping so <laughs> I have to pause with them I'm in my listener's brain thinking did you have a partner when you're going to come out and say, like, I'm in love with the person and blame it on that person? No. <laughs> that would might be I my easy way out. I, you know, I was dating a guy, uh, and we were broken up. And, I, you know, it's all kind of foggy to me now, but I, rem- I guess I'll jump to that. After coming out, we got back together, and, you know, it was great. And, and he lives – uh, he's Brazilian and he's back in Brazil and we're still wonderful friends and it was just this great experience. So I kind of think like at the time I maybe just kind of orchestrated that breakup so that I wouldn't have to answer that question. I did not want wow. – you know what I mean? When when you're already uncomfortable and nervous or whatever, it's like I I was glad to not have to like sit here and be like, oh, what's the guy like and, you know, talk about all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I can't remember exactly why it was a pause, and yet, but yeah, I I was probably being a prick and you know, pushed it to a breakup so that it was like, okay, now I'm single, and and that just makes the conversation a little easier. So then we go back. So Tuesday, Wednesday, you're like, I'm going to explode. I just need so, uh, you call on the phone, yeah, 
they're maybe on speaker. They're on it together. No, no. It was just my mom. My dad wasn't home. Um, so I was kind of panicking about that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, telling one, not the other. Like, that means I have to do this twice. Like, or, you know, what, how, how is this going to work? But it was like, as soon as the ship started sailing, it was like, okay, there's no, yeah. no turning back here. So, and the words just, came out. Yeah. And she said, She said, I knew that. <laughs> like, tell me she's going to say exactly what I think she's going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I knew that. And I, uh, and it was, you know, and I love you. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, you know, she was great about it. Just like, hmm. no big deal kind of thing. Um, I remember too, what was interesting at the time, like looking back, you know, I, I was feeling so, I just wanted that one acceptance mm-hmm. and then I was willing to work with anything else. So mm-hmm. when she asked about her family, mm-hmm. who again, so she has nine siblings, she's one of 10. Um, you know, I have 45 first cousins. It's, you know, there's a lot of family to deal with here. And so that was always anxiety inducing then was like, even on the, on the Maddox side, the more liberal side, it's just like, oh, there's so many people, like who's going to react well, who isn't. And I remember telling her, I'm like, if you don't want to tell anybody, I'm totally cool with that. Like I'll, you know, I'll just stay in the closet from that perspective, which looking back at it now, that wouldn't have, you know, even if she had said yes, that wouldn't have lasted right there. At some point I would have been like, no, fuck this. I um, am who I am, and yeah. this is exhausting. Yes. Yeah. But at the time, I really didn't care. You know, it was mm. just like, oh, I don't, if you don't want them to know. So what'd she oh. say? She was like, oh, yeah, I'll tell them. <laughs> just, and, you know, she, it was, it was, I, I, yeah, surprising. Like, I, I toiled over whether she would be accepting or not. I didn't foresee that she would just be like on the horn. You know, I mean, she just. Immediately, yet, it was calling yet, everybody. In her defense, I'm like, but she knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had known for you. You know, I, I think about your. She dad. had known for at least a year. She said, "Oh, yeah, not like, like not like because something happened." Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She just knew. Yeah. So I I keep thinking like your dad is walking in the door and you're like, "Hi, honey, I'm home. All right, yeah, uh, got chicken for dinner. Oh, by the way, Mike's gay." Yeah. <laughs> something like that, I guess. Yeah. And, and you and your dad, did you ever? Have a yeah. So you know, he emailed me the next morning, like because I was at work. Yeah. Um, and you know, said let's let's talk after work. So you know, I called him, and then we got to talk through it and everything. Did so it, that worked out, I think, better. Did it feel? Yeah, oh yeah. It was still. Um, did you have support? Uh, friends back. Like I keep thinking, like oh, I wish you hadn't have broke up with that boyfriend because like he could have been like holding you and been like I'm proud of you honey I love you. Yeah, I mean, so at this point, you know, it's been 5 6 months since coming out to everybody else. Yeah. Um so you know, I had the friend support and another coming out I had to do which was interesting was that I did have this you know, wonderful uh circle of friends in the gay community in New York and none of them knew that I was in the closet. The whole time. So it wasn't just like being in the closet and lying to my straight friends. The gay friends didn't know that the straight friends didn't know. (laughs) It sounds exhausting. Yeah. I only only can compare this to the fact that being someone who had an affair for several years um, off and on and being that I had a mother who had an affair and I knew about it, like – 
it's exhausting to hold two different lives. I feel like having I'm, I'm going to have to do a podcast one day about why not to have an affair because you literally can't keep up with kind of I don't even know the lies, but there's two different lives yeah, you are living. For sure. And it's exhausting to like you to be like, oh, I have to switch that. You know, it's and it's something that people do all the time. Yeah. I, I have a dear friend who's dating a, a, a man, a, a gay couple, and yet he's married. And the wife knows about it, but they don't talk about it. You know, just all these things. It's like, oh my gosh! Yeah. I hope you're that still holding something in then. You're and, that's... and what is your truth? And, yeah, yeah. and what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's not as if you traveled and went to, you know, Cameroon and whatnot because that was a place of escaping your sexuality. You also just love to travel, and you did those things. Yeah, I mean, I think there was some escapism in there for sure, um, but it was. Fun escapism, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I definitely wasn't facing up to who I was in my in my twenties, but I had discovered that, you know, when my mom got this job especially, uh, that I loved to travel. And so it was like, you know, let's just party. <laughs> party around the world. You and uh, to this day I you you still do a very good job of that. I mean, COVID was slightly a gift to you. You you did go back to Brazil. Yeah. Where you've been, where you've had a partner. Yeah. You dated somebody else for a little while, but you can work from there. Mm-hmm. You you get to I mean, this is the other incredible thing about you. Like many of us have traveled and gone abroad in our twenties and you know, we've we're very, very privileged um to be able to do so. Yeah. Um and the relationships that you have kept, you still have reunions with friends from the 20s. Mm-hmm. You are extremely close. From when we were in our 20s, not the 1920s. Thank you, yes. <laughs> in your 20s, you still have deep, deep relationships with friends in high school. Many of us are envious. Um, you, you don't have children. And you might be like, well, I'd, I'd also love that. You know, like you're living a life that we're like, oh, how how do you have the bandwidth to continue those? They they feed your soul. They. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really um, just the the connection I've been able to make with people. And I've just met, um, you know, I've made phenomenal friends uh, throughout every stage of life. And that that connection really just kind of makes me who I am, and it makes me feel rooted. It makes me feel like I'm home no matter where I am. Um, and, and part of that, a big part of that, is coming from a loving family. You know, that kind of the traditional ideas of rootedness are my family and my friends here in Minneapolis that I grew up with. You know, in high school, we we knew we had something different, and it kind of you know, just gave me the confidence that whenever I went anywhere else in the world, I'd never really cared if I made friends because mm-hmm. I always had my my real home. So even though I'm like New Yorker and all of that, like, you know, very well, I'm a Minnesota boy through and through. I am you know, no Yankees fan. No. Uh, so, so when, so we have to go back then. So what does home mean to you? Would you say home is exactly the the friendship that I mean, you got you got blessed. You you have some thick as thieves high school friends. That let's say that you 
let's say you found the love of your life at 32 and you came out and you were with this person and you had children. Um, do you do you think that you would still have that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because it's, it's – it's a lot to have as many friends like all over and you stay in very close touch. Yeah. But you know what? I think the importance of that kind of connection though is not – I'm not always in frequent touch with, mm. you know, with all of these friends. Um, it's very different now, like you said, with, uh, with technology that, you know, we can in, in, in a very awesome way stay connected with our friends around the world. And right? I'm not even talking social media. Right. Just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, but just to be able to FaceTime and, and yeah. text and all of that. But, you know, all of these – a lot of these most important connections were from way before we, we had that sort of thing. You know? Do you think but, people have that anymore? You know, I, I don't know because to me with my closest connections, like, you know, we cannot see each other – for five years, you know what I mean? Sometimes we're very much in contact. You know, sometimes I'm here in Minneapolis for months at a time, so we get to hang out a lot or whatnot. And then other times it might, you know, we're not in contact every day, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the importance of a true connection is like, you know, you hear people say it all the time. Oh, I saw Sarah. I haven't seen her in 10 years, and it feels like... No, no time has passed. No time has passed, yeah. right? And that's... I don't know that people get the chance to test that so much mm. anymore because we're so connected. That uh, and I would say distraction. Distraction and and and, and and hurt by, oh, I didn't hear from you. In, because it is so easy to pick up. Yes. Ah, and yeah. So that's, you know, like with the, uh, with my prog buddies that we have a reunion every year, you know, some of them I don't, hardly ever communicate with until it's time to mm -hmm. plan to get mm -hmm. together again. And not all of us can make that reunion every year, obviously. Mm -hmm. That gets to be um, challenging. But um, but you did something in a chapter of your life that took you out of your comfort zone. You went to a different country. You did you, – you studied maybe a little. You did, you did adventures together. Like that is ingrained. Yeah. And that's what I get really sad about um, – Sorry, maybe my Butter Mary is talking now, but I got to say, like, watching teens and people in their 20s, when even they do travel, their face is in the fucking screen all, all the, the time. time. Yes. When we were in our 20s, in our teens, when you were on the bus to the ski trip, when you were at camp, Kichiapi, when you were traveling, when you were on the plane, there was no screen. Yeah. You communicated. And if you didn't communicate, you were sleeping. Right. <laughs> you got to know each other on a deeper, deeper level. As I mentioned, when I, you know, when I was abroad, there was a computer lab that had four or five computers and you had to stand in line. Yep, to, yep. To email Cash your remember that? Oh yes. my God, yeah. To email like your parents and then be like, okay, let's meet in Florence if we were meeting people and you just had to kind of guess like, okay, I could be here around this time. Yeah. But there was no texting. Okay, my train is five minutes away. You were so ridiculously present. Is that a part of you that you ever say like, man, I wish those kids had that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially um, – because there's a lot of positivity to it, but what I see as the biggest negative is like, you know, being butthurt when you're not getting a response back or like this, the need for immediacy that like, okay, I'm on this ski trip. I have to post this picture right now. Like, 
the take stress. the picture for sure. Yeah. I love pictures, but like, you know, I wish it was just more like the email thing, right? That back in, you know, going to the computer lab that it's like, oh, I want to do this when I go back to the computer lab tomorrow, stand in line, then I'm going to post this picture and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. Like, you don't need to do this immediately. Like, take the picture and then tomorrow decide, if, I'm it, going to post it, it or not. Feels Nobody's like, yeah. going to really care if you are on the Alps right now at the mo- or at the moment that you post the picture as opposed to actually it happened three days ago. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> no one. But we have that, like, you know, immediacy, the need for immediacy that it's, like, got to go on right now. And, so and that just contributes that? to is the that, constant. Is that ego? Is that, like, what is this? It's, is it the affirmation that we need that we're doing something and we have to get the likes? And Because when you're sharing this, all I can think about is memories I've had that if we would have had a phone to connect with the person, if we would have had a phone to look the map up when we got lost, it wouldn't have shook out in the amazing story that it did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean how many times uh, did we used to get lost traveling and those memories were the best? Yeah. Or that we didn't know of that one restaurant to go to, so we went to a different one and we bumped into someone else. Yeah. Like, we, that's where I get, uh, unfortunately, just too emotional. Yeah. And wishing that I could show the difference. Yeah, of what that was like. I mean, um with the uh, with the Prague buddies, we talk about that every time we get together, because um, when we lived in Prague, you know, no cell phones at all, um, so you had to make a plan to be somewhere, and you had to be flexible about it, right? It wasn't, you know, be there at five thirty. It was like, okay, be there, and you know, we'll be there for an hour or so. And if you weren't with the group. We always laugh about how we had to kind of, like, if I was by myself and I'm going to go try to meet all of you guys, we'd have to just go to our haunts one mm-hmm. by one. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, they're not at Molly Malone's, so now I'm going to go to the Chapeau Rouge. Nope, don't see him here. Now on to the Marquis de Sade. You know, and, and then you would find them, though, right? You would, we, you would find them, but you also, and this is this is where my birth piece of belly up comes in, you we're in tune with your intuition. Yeah. And it's something that I feel like birthing people don't, we don't have that strength. We, we don't fine tune intuition a lot anymore because we have something to tell us the answer. You know, it's, oh, well, let's not think about that. Let's not ponder it. Let's, let's not go Google down. Google it. it. Let's Google it. Let's find out where that is. Yeah, so true. And that intuition of, oh, let's try this, or maybe they're there, or spontaneity um, is lost, or letting the chips fall where they may. Right. Like maybe you don't find everybody. Um, and, you know, one of my one of my favorite stories uh, when I lived in Prague, when trying to find the group and going around to all the haunts, um, was I was at one of the, you know, kind of a big Czech beer hall mm-hmm. that we would uh, hang out at. And it was kind of labyrinthine, like lots of rooms to go through and look. And, you know, I kind of gave up, like, okay, I'm not going to find them tonight. Uh, I'll sit and have a beer. Yeah. And this guy sat down, so I and didn't speak. And you had speak. the best sex of your life that night. <laughs> Tell me that's where now, this is going. Had I been out, maybe. Maybe that's how it would have worked oh, out. Damn, but you couldn't be sneaky? Okay, yeah. okay, sorry. 
It was kind of just after that period okay. that the sneakiness started. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but this guy sits down kind of doing the same. So it was like Bavarian style, big picnic totally. tables. So you just sit down. Other Someone's going to sit down across from you. And he started talking to me. And I mean, none of us in that program spoke Czech. Like, I'm sure you didn't learn any Italian in your... Uh, I, f- I failed Italian. <laughs> I got a whole eight credits for the thousands of dollars. Yeah, failed. F. Why would you don't That's, like you wouldn't know that? <laughs> yes, I truly did not ever okay. know that. That's yeah, yeah. funny. Failed, failed Italian in Italy. Uh, so yeah, You're, I didn't fail Czech class, but okay. I certainly didn't get an A. And you know, we'll leave it at that. I I knew enough to order a beer, and this guy just starts firing away in Czech, and you know, I was really trying to learn, you know, learn and was able to understand it. Czech is a very difficult language. Um, <laughs> But, you know, then it was, like, clear, like, okay, this guy doesn't understand me. And he didn't speak English. But we kind of sat there and still, like, he would just chat away in Czech. And then I would respond in English and, you know, using lots of hand motions, thinking maybe we understood what we were talking about. Maybe we were. Maybe we were far off. But it's just, like, this is hilarious, you know? Like, and, I mean, I just just remember everything about it. I can't wait to take you home. Okay, so you remember everything about it, and then yeah. let me guess: your friends are literally like in the room next door. Do you no, remember? no, they weren't. They weren't there at all. But like, but you know, the point that, being that yeah. it was like, you know, I didn't find them, and that was okay. Like, it just didn't work out, and instead, I had this funny experience instead. Um, and yeah, I'm sure you've gone through, yeah, you know, similar things like well, that. Well, I mean, I missed a train in Spain, and I was going to France. You know the story. I was going to France. I missed the train, and it was the last train, so our girlfriend, my girlfriend Anne and I had to go and find a rental car. We had to drive through the night because we told our friends we'd be at the train station. Our train would arrive within this hour, and so I had to drive all night. Like, that memory that she and I bonded over, I told her, like, we we just talked and talked and drank Coke and probably had, like, a cassette tape, and we each had, like, one thing, you know, whatever. So good. Yeah. Just great, right? And that, and I mourn that that loss, and yet they're they're getting something else, right? Maybe, yeah, right. Know. Okay, so uh, yes, I was just going to share one more of that please, uh, because please. I think it's again one of my favorite memories from that time that I think would be impossible to replicate now. Um, was because you know you just had to say you know maybe we'll be here on this day if you were ever going to visit somebody when I came to Rome. Yeah. Uh, nobody knew I was going to be in Rome until until that day. And uh, in a similar sense, it was at the end of the school year, like people were starting to leave. And you know what a heartbreaking experience that is. The end of study abroad mm. is the worst. It's the best and the worst. Crying, holding. <laughs> just, you know, I did a full year there too. So <sighs> it was just like I did a full year of the, you know, life of Riley, you know, especially Prague at that time, a beer was 10 cents, you know, for mm-hmm. a 20, one, 20 year old who turned 21, it How was... How much weight did you gain? Oh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't be as much as I did. <laughs> Do you remember we'll what my mom compare. said to me when I got off the airplane? Uh, I've heard this, but I don't remember. What? What's the name of the man whose baby you're carrying? <laughs> She said, she said, your boobs start at your chin and they don't stop till your knees. <laughs> I gained a solid 30 plus. It was awesome. I don't know if I've lost it yet, whatever. Um, okay, so 
could we swipe all those phones of those little fuckers who are <laughs> <laughs> just for a couple days? I know. And I know, right? It's hard. Yeah. Okay, so I got to ask, if you um if you were to say for the next year if you could pick anywhere to live. Uh it would probably be Brazil. You just love it. Uh it's, you know, I went there Last year. Um, not for the first time. Not for the first time, no. Yeah, I've yeah. been several times. Yeah. Um, and I've always loved it. But, you know, last year uh, it was at the end of October. Uh, you know, the election is about to happen. And I was like, I cannot be here. Uh, I had been toying with the idea of going to Brazil, you know, for for months. But wasn't really pulling the trigger on it. Um, so... Mid-October, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go stay with a guy who I had met when I was there in 2014 for the World Cup. Um, and thank you to the technology, you stayed in touch with stayed him. Stayed in touch. Uh, you know, he lived in Brasilia at the time, which is the capital and in the interior. It's not on the beach. If he was still living there, I would have been like, no. <laughs> and there was some, he wanted the beach. Yes, exactly. He now lived in Salvador uh, on the beach. And... I was like, I just can't be here for the election. I was, you know, just so worried. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, I'm going to go, you know, do minimum two weeks. Um, and if you don't like staying with this guy, go go get an Airbnb or whatever. But, you know, two weeks was my my minimum. And, then and you were still working. Yeah, still yeah. working. Yeah. Um, and I stayed two months. Uh, it was just such a like wonderful escape. I mean, I was still so stressed out when I got there. I mean, obviously the whole election and week after, you know, that was still happening. I was still reading the New York Times every 30 seconds or whatnot. Top of uh, mind. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't have to be in the vibration of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then especially once, um, you know, when Pennsylvania was called for Biden, it was like this Sigh of relief. Oh, my God, the tingles. The, yeah. Yeah. And it was just such a wonderful place to be that that it just kind of drew me into, you know, the people are just so wonderful and, and friendly and the peaches are beautiful. And it was summer, right? You know, while while winter's happening here, mm -hmm. it was full on summer, 85 degrees And it feels day. like home. Yeah. I mean, you just, you can settle into it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Last question before we pay our tab. What, what you have a significant amount of friends in your life that have children, ranging from whatever, zero to 14, 15, 16. So oh, 20s. 20s. <laughs> yeah. When you look at how we're parenting in this day and age, what what's one thing that you get excited about? And what's one thing that you're like, fuck, if I had kids, why are they doing it like this? I mean, you, you must really, like, you get on that plane after being, after seeing People come to your home. We bring our children. You see this. Yeah. You travel. Is there something that you're really proud of ever that comes to mind? Or is there any place and you're like, oh, man. So I'll say to the first part, like what, uh, you know, what I get excited about is just the excitement that even though there's all this hyper connectivity and, and connection to phones or whatnot, uh, you know, the youth really are driving change in a lot of positive ways. You know, I can say like in the workplace how millennials have transformed a lot of things. Obviously, these aren't kids. Um, uh, but, 
as someone younger than me, like a age group that has driven a lot of positive change. And I think that that will be very good for like the state of the world right now, mm -hmm. that I think there's going to be positive political change by what, you know, the youth are so much more accepting of and what they're demanding uh, from, you know, the world that they were brought mm -hmm. up in, you know, when it comes to what sexuality, you know, gender identification, the environment and all of that, 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 you know, I'm excited for that. I think there, there's a lot of positive change they're, they're going to bring. <laughs> Can I give you an example of that real quick? Yeah. Meta, my daughter the other day, um, she asked me, what, what is 4th of July? Like what? And I said, it's the birth, the, the, the birthday of the United States. You know, we, we fought hard for the, for the country and it's the birthday. And she looked at me and she goes, we stole it. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like She's like, this. why would we celebrate something that we stole? It wasn't ours. She's eight. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yes. So more truth in more, our education yeah. and Thank all of you. that. Like, yeah. I see a lot of, you know, great things happening there. Um, you know, what, if I'm like, oh man, what are we doing? You know, it's not just with parenting, but as a culture, just so, what do I want to say? What I think of in terms of parenting is helicopter parenting, right? Mm -hmm. But like, we even like do this for ourselves, you know, we just, we can't deal with like, you know, we can't deal with not getting our way. <laughs> and, you know, in the parenting sense that it's, you know, I see so much it's just crazy how much parents have to do for their children now like i um and i don't we're say this about and making them happy happy well and what i was going to get to and this is what i stress about most if i think of the prospect of being a parent is the the social pressure amongst parents mm. so not so much like stop spoiling your kid kind of thing, but like, oh, you know, the things you have to do because it wouldn't be accepted by other parents not to do it. Mm. You know, the, especially like in younger yeah. school communities, you know, where- What it's are they like, good at? What are their extracurricular activities? Where are they blossoming? Yes. But then like just, you know, what the other parents of other kids at the schools, you know, it creates all of this pressure of like what, you know, maybe you think I shouldn't be doing all of this for my kid, you know, I know people who have been doing, you know, basically writing uh, college essays for their kids. Oh, no. or like, my daughter would never want me to write her college essays because <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, paid people to write mine in college. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, like for me, and I don't say this in a negative way, but like my parents didn't even proofread my college essays, you I'm, know, like. <laughs> my parents don't even know if I actually graduated. <laughs> It's still up for grab. <laughs> yeah. I mean, none of us really know if you graduated, Sarah. I've never seen any. Andy. Why is that such a joke? People <laughs> always say, they're like, where's your diploma? I'm like, they didn't know where to send it. My mom was like, <laughs> is he getting divorced and remarried? I don't know. <laughs> Screw y'all. It's a piece of paper, some letters behind your name. I'm not a letter person. I don't care if my letters behind my name. I'm with you on that. I'm I with you on that. that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So to wrap this up, um, you're going to live in Brazil. Um, or, you know, as soon as you ask that, I'm like, or do I go somewhere new or, you know, other places that I've loved? I think right now, because, uh, it is cold as fuck outside. So it's straight up warm weather is all I'm thinking of right now. So, 
You just want to be in a bathing suit. Yeah, exactly. Did you know what? I know I just was in Mexico this past winter. Thongs are really in. I don't. Are they? I mean, in Brazil, that's like. Men and women in Brazil. Uh, No, not men. Yeah, it's coming this way. I got to I gotta do some extra squats. I don't know if I can do that thong thing. <laughs> Everybody was wearing a thong. Really? All it's European. been a while since I've not been to Americans. that area. Yeah. Not Americans. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was in Mexico a while ago but with mostly Europeans and Canadians. And yeah, yeah, it was in Mexicans and Spaniards. It was just, it was, there was a lot of ass. <laughs> I'm old. I don't like cell phones. Yeah, I don't. And I don't like songs. I feel like that's what people are going to be hearing or thinking at the end of this. It's just like, wow, we just listened to two really old people. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Rant and rave. I like to go to bed at 8 o'clock. I like to drink my Bloody Mary early. And yeah. I'm yeah. with you on that. And Catholics are slowly changing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how we're going to wrap this up? Michael, departing words for this uh, for this time together today. Oh, I mean, it's been a blast. I I love uh, what you're doing here. It's always fun to talk to you, even without a microphone in my face. But um, <laughs> it's a big microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this is this is fun. I would. What's love. what are your hopes and and dreams for 2022 on a personal level for yourself? Well, I start a new job next week. Uh, you're gonna that kick I'm, ass at that. I'm yeah. really excited about that. That's kind of at the forefront of my mind right now, just because it starts on Monday. Let's get to the juicy stuff. Dating, you know, I'm always, I'm just willing to see what happens next. You know, Mm I. Is is it sparse in New York right now? You know, it's been, it's been interesting, like during the pandemic, you know, before the pandemic, I was, uh, it was like at, the, almost like the one-year mark of a breakup of a relationship that was just kind of exhausting. And therefore, it was a year of like, oh, no, you know, just don't want to be dating. Um, then, you know, it was like right around the start of the pandemic was like right when I was thinking, okay, it's time to get back on the horse. And then that wasn't, you know, an option. Uh, and then obviously since things started opening up and, you know, vaccinations were happening, you know, New York was getting back to life. And the dating thing, it's just been interesting because, you know, I'm not the only one, it, like, especially for single gay men, that's kind of gone nomadic over the mm. last year where, mm-hmm. you know, people aren't going away for the weekend and so I'll call you next week. It's like, oh, okay, I'm leaving for Miami for two weeks. Yeah. And I'll be back because, you know, because of the flexibility with work now. Yeah. Um, it's changed the whole landscape. It is. It's like, oh, this was a great date, but I'm yeah. not going to see you for like a month. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just slowed everything down. So that's kind of why when, you know. But yeah, isn't I, I there hope... a part of that that's so awesome? Yes. Yeah. There's a part of that, I believe, the slowing down that we have been given. Yes. At, at this time, yeah. Yeah. I also just have to say, back to the phone thing, because yes, we are old little fuckers right now. But when we and some of our friends do go to the Boundary Waters for several days, we don't have phones. And it's crazy to me how present I am with the nature and with you guys when we don't have, oh, I have to get back to this person. I need to go. Yeah. So I would just like to sprinkle a little, like, take a trip with some good friends if you can, but try not to bring your phone. Yeah. Or go to a place that, de- I mean, Boundary Waters in the upper state of Minnesota 
does not have cell service. So you're not given the choice. You are brought back to being present. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I've found if you make a conscious effort to do that, because I read this book um, uh, called The Craving Mind. Mm. I don't know if I can name books, but. Yes, uh, yes. Give them the So props. it's all about uh, this kind of like addiction programs. And, you know, he starts talking about like traditional ideas of addiction. So smoking and heroin and all of that. Um, but then he gets into social media, cell phones, um, just anything that's the naked mind. No craving mind for sure. I feel like I have this book. next. I can't to remember it. the author off the top of my head. Cause I have horrible memory recall. Is it uh, a male or a female? Male. Okay. Okay. Um, I will look it up. And- Everybody read the book. And then come talk to me on it's it. It's interesting because it's just it's a lot about how your mind works with addiction, whether it's social media or phones or whatnot, and therefore like how uh, meditation, uh, mindfulness, um, loving kindness, all of these things. You know, if you practice that, you can recognize these things and and step away from it. So of course, things like the boundary waters are excellent for that, but. Um, I think it's important to be able to do Wait, that. Are, you, are here. you saying we don't drink in the boundary waters? <laughs> Please. <laughs> On no, that note. This was back to the phones <laughs> I was talking about, but the Bloody Marys were there in, in the boundary waters oh, for sure. <laughs> I love you. Love you too. Everyone, as we do, take a deep breath, say thank you to yourself, to the moments where you are not hooked up to a screen. And. Whether you're in the closet or out, whether you get yanked, whether you are in your 20s and dating all the people, Mike and I send you a ton of love. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And and travel and play because life is uh, life's good. Absolutely. All right. Couldn't agree more. Yay. Well said, Sarah. Cheers. Cheers. Mwah. Everybody have a great day. We will belly up soon. Take good care. Love you lots. Bye-bye. Belly Up is a Bluma production. It's produced by the one and only Michaela Finnegan at Minnehaha Recording Company. Hi, this is Mary from Bluma. Thank you so much for being part of the Bluma community. We're so happy you're here. We love hearing from our families, and as a small business, one of the most powerful things you can do is share your stories with us. I love when you take us on Instagram, leave a Google review, or email me your birth story or photos from class. This is a great way that we can share the Bluma love and reach new folks who could use a little Bluma in their lives. Find us at Bluma.com.